Welcome to episode 160 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, I guess welcome along to episode 160 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm good, thank you. And you? You recovered from Saturday night? Yeah, yeah. It took, it took some recovery, but I'm, I'm over it. Apparently, you stayed out all night and partying. Apparently, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> we had the triathlon club dinner, and uh, we'll talk about it later on the show. But anyway, this week's show is proudly brought to you by coffeesofhawaii.com for the world's most amazing smelling coffee. And Patagonia t-shirts you guys oh, need to exactly. buy. Exactly, no brainer. Athlinks.com. Um, to get the deals. Oh, no, no, no. But oh, you do need it to get the deals. Yeah. See, I subconsciously knew that, didn't yeah. I? And trybuys.com. Because if you go on Athlinks, you see a special for trybuys, 20% off. Get go deal. on Athlinks. Nice. Get the code. Okay, this week's show, well, we've got, we got a bit of news. Actually, some good news coming up this week. But it is the alley. It's the alley show. Oh, is it the alley show, is it? Yeah. Okay, Hollington. Wow. We better start again. Why? Because <laughs> I don't, can't remember that. No, you won't. No, no, keep talking. I'm going to pull it out. You go. I'm sure it's Ali Hong. I'm, I'm pretty sure you're I right too. I wasn't 100% on the, the surname. Ali's, uh, I think she's a pommy girl based up in the North Island of New Zealand. And did I... Hollington, you got it right. right. Nice. I think she... I haven't met Ali. I think she's got English heritage. Yeah, because she was a pirate. Right. Yeah. Yep. Did Iron Man this year, I think. We're getting a few shows coming through because old Chance Barber's trying to get a show out too, mm-hmm. lately, isn't he? Mm-hmm. So this is the Ali special. She's provided uh, a high five, a couple of high fives, especially in the past as well. She's also provided a few product review sort of centre type things and a website of the week. Beautiful. Okay, news is brought to you by X-Try. And first of all, the most important thing is John's got a new bike. Well, this time of the year, news is a little bit thin (laughs) on the ground, but this is big news. Big news. Big, big news. (laughs) I've got a new kick-ass Avanti. Whoops. Avanti um, Chrono TT bike and it is looking very swish if you want to check it out you go on to uh, imtalk.me and details are up there and the pictures on there and you're looking flash mate I'm very happy with you're, it you should be a supermodel as well I should be really? so, very happy to be riding a New Zealand bike brand as well mm. and uh, TT TT looking forward to it you want me goes to speak, it's been getting good, really good reviews I've, I looked uh, on a, a website Jonathan Hall a two time world duathlon championship guy did a, did a couple of reviews saying it's good and one of the uh, a German companies actually using their frame as well with their, their logo on it now so oh, that's interesting it's all happening avantibikes.com uh, is where you go if you're in Christchurch you go along to John Bull Cycles they'll sort you out there even a shift in shop now mate nice new shop nice bike, new shop got a bike set up in there the is other that day. the one that's by Rebel Sport now it is okay very good okay uh, epic camp length of New Zealand the registration is open and firing it's firing very strong so if you are interested in this you need to get off your behind because we are approaching full already really <laughs> and, really and that's not just trying to exaggerate things there's going to be a maximum of 24 athletes on the camp and yep. I think we're up to about 18 already wow, so there's not great. many spaces left Length of New Zealand, as it stands, uh, we're starting in Kaitaia on the 2nd of January. We'll finish in Bluff uh, on the 18th of January, so 16 days, averaging 162 k's a day, uh, and biggest day, I think, is about 2. So are you going to swim and run every day as well? How's Uh, that going to work? We're still confirming that, but my, my sort of 
point is you need to swim 26 kilometers through the camp. Okay, um, because that's the Cook Strait. Cook Strait. Uh, the reality is we're not going to have probably time to swim and run every day. Yep. Uh, but we will make some mandatory decisions and you just main thing we have to swim 26k um we'll definitely be having running in there most days but getting from a to b on the bike is the critical part okay great okay now some real news nice <laughs> other right. than promotional work uh florida 70.3 on the weekend it looked like it was a pretty bloody amazing race for the guys yeah, so we've, we've talked about Luke Bell and sort of wondering if he's, you know, he's been yeah. struggling a little bit. And wondering well, if he's he had an back. amazing year a couple of years ago and he hasn't really kind of been able to kind of maintain that. But now it looks like he's kind of getting back to that place. So, so Dirk Bockler, who was third Ironman New Zealand this year, former um, short course guy, went to the Olympics at a really great base, race with uh, Luke Bell. It came down to basically a sprint finish. Do you know what happened? No, oh, no, I got it wrong. No, I thought Luke Bell had stuffed up in transitions, but it turns out the swim was slower. Yeah. So he was chasing him down all day, basically, wasn't he? Came out of the water a minute behind. John's having a sneeze attack yep. next to me. Came out of the water a minute behind and then put maybe 40 seconds to him on the bike and managed to put about 10 seconds on him to run, but lost by three seconds. Mm, Imagine that, sprinting someone down. Well, we're seeing it, and we're seeing it in Olympic distance a lot now, and uh, and I think it will start to probably happen a bit more in half Ironman. Did well. Bevan win the race? What do you reckon? Win the over the oh, line? Yeah, yeah well, it was very hard to say. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you, you know, they, I haven't actually seen a photo, a side-on photo, so no. if you see that, then that's obviously the, what they went with. Yep. Third place was Santiago Ascendo, Paul Amy in fourth, and uh, and then on the girls' side of things. Okay, I'll pull out the chicks. There we go. Oh, the oh. glove man was down there in 13th place. And Rosie Rosie. was in there 11th. He was in the lead bunch for a little while. On the girls' side of things, Leander Cave set a new course record. Wow, really she dominated, dominated the dojo. dojo. Wow. Strong swim, 26 minutes. She was you know, two minutes um, ahead of most of the other girls. And then uh, dominating on the bike, 2.19 and a 1.26 run was was uh, equal if on par with um, the fastest of all the other girls. So Joe Lorne, Lorne, second. So we're seeing her doing a bit more racing. She raced an Olympic distance race uh, a couple of weeks ago. How'd so she go there? Pretty average. Yep. Pretty average. Pretty expected, though, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. So it looks like she's going to be working on maybe getting a bit more speed this year. Yeah. Um, she's 36, so... Getting, get, getting on there a little bit for, for, for pro well, it's quite young if you ask me because <laughs> I went to the triathlon dinner the other night at the triathlon dinner and I'm talking to Brett Whiteley yeah. um, the, the Holy Hammer yeah. and Pete O'Brien yeah. and all saying how I was giving over 40 year olds a bit of crap and I was in a circle of over 40 year olds yeah. and I backed down a little bit because I realised my numbers weren't with me at the moment <laughs> so I've decided if you're over 40 you're actually quite a wise athlete that's right yeah you're not old you're wise. wise. So Joe Lawn second and Magali Tessery in third place. Lisa Bentley's still racing at 41, so is Nina Craft. Mm. They're not old, they're wise. Mm. <laughs> so beautiful. Okay, what else do we have on? We had on. Never we races. did have the uh, Iron Cat. Pull that website up, Bevan, the Iron Cat website. And uh, I don't know if the results are up there yet. They're not, so we no. um, That was on last weekend, the Iron Cat race. Okay, coming up this weekend, we've got Iron Man Lenza Grotty. That's right, first sort of <laughs> That's right. main Iron, well, first Northern Hemisphere Ironman race of the season. We've, we've just actually had a pause, you wouldn't have realised. No, you don't, because we're brilliant. But we uh, just interviewed Chris Lee, who is going to be on the show in a few weeks' time um, when I'm away in Poland. We also interviewed Yvonne Van Vlerken this morning. Uh, and she's it's been, been a busy be day for interviews, isn't it? It has. Because so. you're going away, so we're prepping, aren't we, John? That's right, doing our peas. Yep. So last year's defending champion is uh, Bart Jammer from Belgium, 29 years old. 11th in Kona in 2007 yep. um, got a pretty good good record there and then uh, second seed is Timo Tiarvin from Finland but I think my pick for the day is uh, 
Aunt Ala Johansson from Estonia, the big biker from bloody yep. wherever he's from. He's from uh, Estonia, <coughs> and I think he's. I don't know if he set the course record last year, but he had the fastest bike split in Kona last year. Uh, I think he's going to take it. Well, you've also got Stephen Bayless. Mm-hmm. And Stefan Vukovic. Uh, so I think those guys will be right up there. I'm picking Olaf Shabustis. He's there as well. I reckon he'll get on the podium. Hey, Mark? Mark Svetson. He's a bit up and down. Yep, a bit up and down. Okay, where are the girls? And the girls, we scroll so got down. lots of pros. Lots of pros. They chuck anyone in here. Ba- <laughs> Bala Comerford is a defending champion. Yep, and she's she's been a bit up and a bit up and down on this race. Um, sometimes good, sometimes bad. But you know, last year it was really was outstanding. First time in UK, first at Edinburgh, second at Austria, first at UK seventy point three, first at Lanzarote, first at South Africa, fourth at New Zealand, uh, so and, and four time champion at Florida. So, you know, she's she's got to be right up there in the reckoning. Got Tara Norton. One day I'm, I'm convinced she's going to um, win an Ironman race, whether this day is it or not. I'm not quite sure. But I think uh, the other big, big dark horse, not dark horse, but big favourite would be uh, Karen Thurig from Switzerland, who's a former world, I think she's you know, third at the World Time Trial Champs um, and raced at the Olympics. That's a good website, this website, eh? They, they give you lots of detail on the pros. They've got Hillary here, and her, her spreadsheet's pretty, pretty big because she races <laughs> a million times a year. But uh, it's like a year's worth of racing, isn't it? It is. Yeah, God. So I think that battle there is going to be between... Uh, Thurik, who's going to absolutely smoke the bike. Um, you're going to have Bala, who's going to put in a strong run. And then you're probably going to have Tara, who's a um, good swim biker, and, and she will need it to be right up there coming off the bike. So interesting. Right, so what else? I've got to find the show notes because we're off par. Okay, then we've also got Challenge Barcelona. When we interviewed Yvonne Van Vlerken this morning. She's racing. She's racing. Quite a good, strong field there. Virginia Brissetegi apparently is racing on the girls' side of things. It's just great to see that the Challenge series expanding. So we've got the 70, not the 70.3, the Challenge, Half Challenge coming up this weekend. And then they have the full Barcelona Challenge, I think, is in October. So great to see more and more events coming up. Bring it on. Um, so uh, Challenge Athletes Foundation has distributed 1.3 million. Oh, Austria. One other thing. Austria 70.3. Gina's doing it, isn't she? Yeah, and my Team Poland boys are doing it as well. Oh, good luck. Yeah. Go Team Poland. Yeah, I'll be over there another week. Afterwards. Afterwards. Nice. So Challenge Athlete Foundation has distributed $1.3 million to athletes in the last year, is it? Yeah. So I think we're... Yeah, we're, we're sort of working a little bit with Challenge Athletes Foundation, but the reason I wanted to bring this up is um, fantastic work that they are distributing so much money. Yeah, man, it's great. It's great what they do. And it's not just American-based. You know, I think the majority of it does go to American... Uh, no, it goes to 25 countries, um, but I think a lot of it does go to Americans because it's an American-based foundation. But really what we want to encourage is, is A, for, for you guys, if you are... You know, thinking about maybe supporting, supporting. or sponsoring someone yeah. for your race, or yeah, it, it's 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 a good it's a good thing well, to do because when you do like an Ironman for the general person, it's the hugest thing in their life, and your friends and family get involved, and it's quite easy just to say, hey, I'm fundraising for it as well. You know, how about you chuck like you know a like 20 cents for every K I do in the race or something like that and so they get involved and they get encouraged and at the end of it you've raised some money for them and it's just a really cool thing to do but but secondly is um, if you do know anybody who has been involved in an accident and is, is really struggling or not necessarily even really struggling just been involved in an accident and they need maybe a little bit of direction these guys you know it doesn't have to be triathlon whatever whatever sport um, or, or activity they want to get involved with get in touch with these guys and, and they might be able to help in some way yeah we're a lot of 80 hand cycles um, basketball chairs 105 um, quad rugby chairs 36 just awesome stuff they helped over 765 athletes nice we like it 140 more than in 2008 
Solid. So it's really awesome stuff. So they're doing a great job there. So if you want to support them, we'll we'll do that. And we've got a link on our website. Yeah, we've got a link because we, we think they're great. Um, what else have we got here? We've also got... Oh, now this is really interesting. Court case against WTC, US try and NAS about the person who died in the race in Florida last year, wasn't it? No, it was a couple of years ago. It was in Ironman, Florida. And a guy called uh, Barney Rice died after in the swim, basically, didn't he? And at the time, they concluded that he'd drowned, um, but then... And the, the lawsuit claims it, triathlon it, was negligent in nine circumstances, failing to properly supervise, failing to properly organise the swim, failing to have proper procedures and rules, um, governing response to emergency not situations. Not enough supervisation. Um, allowing race... Uh, not enough lifeguards. Allowing people to enter the water without... Trained in first aid. Yeah, so there's, there's quite a few points, nine points they're coming up with there. But man, this is, this is dangerous, look. It is dangerous, eh? It's tragic for the for the oh. person who's died. I think if we go to the bottom of the um, the article yep. here, uh, just this is a, this is a quote. Just because a tragic event has occurred does not necessarily mean that some neglect act has caused it to occur. Nor are the defendants required to guess what it is they are alleged to have failed to do. So WTCs or well, it's their, their lawyers. US tries, yeah. Yep. So I think that I I kind of agree with that point. I mean, it's huge implications on the sport, doesn't it? Because mm. you know, like at the end of the day, how can you really place two thousand people in the water at the same you time? Can't. You know, like, yeah, you, they, you know, there's a level that you can do, but then at the end of the day, you can't, there's, there's, there's a level you can't do as well. And it's one of the aspects of our sport, which is a little bit dangerous. And I think we, oh, I don't know how they place it in different races, but, you know, if, like, if they lose this case, it could have bit of implications on the sport. Massive, massive. Yeah. So, look, I think the reality is if you're paying five or six hundred bucks to enter a race, yep. the reality is they should have some pretty good procedures in, in the water and yep. they should have. Quite a lot of support vehicle, uh, support and they generally do. Although I, I can't say I've noticed one about racing, but no, I'm sure they do. I mean, I know when I'm in Kona and stuff, I've seen quite a few. Um, but then, never somebody gets kicked in the face and they go under, and there's two thousand people going over the top. Yeah, there's no, it doesn't matter how many lifeguards accidents are going to happen. So, um, so it's, it's a horrible situation. Family, yeah, feel for kind of everyone involved because, as being the race organizer, you know, just imagine that on your on your mm. shoulders. You know, like it's a horrible thing, and obviously the family as well. It's one of those situations where no one's gonna. It's a no-win situation for everybody involved, and. Mm. Um, you know, and maybe maybe this will actually get us to review our sport, and maybe there are some areas we need to improve, and, and I'm sure there probably are, and it's probably a good thing to happen. Um, it's kind of like what happened with the race in Christchurch. We have a big cycle race, and if, about oh, be about six seven years ago, someone died in a race, and, and had a big impact on sport in New Zealand, and that's probably been a good thing overall. But there has to be personal responsibility as well. Yeah, so yeah. Where that line is is very tricky. Yeah, it's, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens in this case. Eh? Yeah. Okay, so we also had an email. We've had a couple emails through, and this one was sent through from Richard Albanzi. And uh, he was talking about a guy, they're going to do a DECA in the UK in 2010. And the organiser, now this is a hardcore organisation, isn't it? He's trialling the format this week. So he's, he's, is he doing it himself? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I, I, there's a massive big uh, blog on there. We'll put a link up on the site, along with that beautiful picture of me with my new Avanti bike. <laughs> uh, and uh, the guy is trying to do a decker man, and he's getting absolutely hammered with just horrendous weather. Really? So, And it sounds like it's a very tricky course. So I, I'm pretty sure he's... Uh, He's definitely completed the swim, and he's sort of on his way through the through the bike, and uh, and he's still going as we as we talk. Well, he's, he's saying that Bunzi was saying that the format's a little bit different this time. So on day one, you basically do the whole swim, 24 miles in the pool, and then from days two to eight, you basically bike 160 miles a day, and then on days nine to 14, you're running 44 miles per day. That seems um, 
a bit more sensible way of doing it rather well than yeah and so at the same time Bainesy actually mentioned this as well but Jess Ripper sent through an email about a guy who did Bobby's run on I can't remember I'll put he, the he did now. the the Mexico Decker Man yeah and this is when you basically just went until you had it done yeah. there was no there was no stoppages or anything like that and it was just John O'Groats no yeah. no no that's, <laughs> that's not his name Devin oh. all, all you, you uh, English people have just had a little giggle there well, what is it lands into John O'Groats uh, Groats and Backers oh <laughs> is, is bi- basically biking the length I think it's biking the length of the UK oh, what's the guy's name then <laughs> that's, that's pretty good that's uh, Bobby Brown it's saying that's my prerogative okay but still pretty good effort who does, who does hammer time I love your work anyway so they sent through this link to when he did it did you read the report I did yeah just crazy eh he did so he did the the Mexico Deca man but he was trying to get from A to B uh, in basically you've, you've got to swim 24 miles bike 1120 miles run 260 miles non-stop you stop when you can and if you want to and uh, I'll put a link to it on this week's website um, imtalk.me it was just it's a, it's a great read so he did it uh, in 1997 he did point out at the bottom there it took him several years to two years to it. recover so um, I don't know those sorts of things don't particularly motivate me, but I think it's it is an amazing feat. What it does bug me a little bit is so many people when they put these things on they and, and like this and whether it's a Hawaii man, whether it's Tour de France, yep. they say this is the hardest sporting event in the world. And yeah. Like, well, I, I could argue that you know running one hour at maximum effort yep. is or running hundred meters under nine seconds. Could be, they're all know. they're all different sort of hardness. I agree. That this is a very difficult. Um, very very difficult event and one other thing William Hunter who's listening to the, sh- the show just saw him you said Paul he finished a North Face 100 race which I think is 100 miles but apparently very very challenging Dean Carnese's was there a running race mm. I'm reading Dean Carnese's book I'm loving it best mm. book ever <laughs> great the guy's an inspiration yeah, he is <laughs> okay anything else oh news anything else no Go to X, try and check it out. They'll have it all for you. Okay, hot topic of the week. Do pros matter, John? Now, you've done your P's and I haven't because this morning I was busy talking to Van Vlerken. Van Vlerken. Van Vlerken. She's a lovely girl, eh? She is. She's a real lovely girl, real lovely spirit, eh? Yeah, pretty yeah. fun. Yeah, she was great. I really, really anyway, enjoyed that interview. I'm doing the first three, you're doing the second three. Okay, well, you better start talking because it isn't so, coming up yet. Andrew Bryn Search, uh, without doubt, this is the, the, sorry, the question was, do pros okay, are pros important to the sport are the Michael Jordans of sport that important in triathlon yeah because uh, we have from David Barrett saying without, how he didn't really think they were without a doubt I'm sure that every athlete dreams about running down the finish line in Kona first without the superstars we would never have these dreams as a young person uh, it's the superstars that inspire me to start the sport I don't really care about some 45 year old mum who has four kids Andy Okay, well, this is from Brent Cohan. He's saying, yes, every sport and every athlete needs someone to look up to. Although most of us do not have the time or ability to match their results, it shows us what is possible. Triathlon stars are also great because they of the access that they grant us through their blogs, websites, monthly articles and magazines that give us a glimpse into their lives. These greatly improve the visibility of our sport. Uh, Kate Aitchison. Superstars, as in those who compete at the ridiculous level and post fantastic times, are important. They motivate us to continue to try to improve and give us something to try to achieve. Uh, it's also important to have have superstars who are out there competing for the love of the sport and have fun doing it. And she goes on to pretty much say that you know it really 
finds it great that, that when they start superstars interact with the athletes, which we, which is what we find in triathlon more so than than some of the real major league sports. Yeah, it's not like you know. Yeah, true. Okay, uh, this one from Dan Halliday. Um, I think it very much depends on your definition of superstar. If you just mean the top pros, then I'm not sure if they're imperative but if you mean inspirational figures in general then I think they're important in capturing the public's imagination and inspiring people to take up the sport for some people this may be Chrissy or Crowey but for others it could be Rick and Dick Hoyt or colleagues who've gone from 18 to 14 uh, stone to get to do an Ironman under 4 to 17 hours inspiration comes in many forms and although I'm sure everyone respects and marvels at the top pro performances they are probably too far removed from your average Joe's zone of feasibility for them to relate to. This is probably highlighted by the Kona coverage which tends to focus on people that the public feel connected with. Having said that, I'm one of those that is inspired more by the top pros than by the emotional stories. Uh, the good old Fegan, Gary Fegan. Um, I don't think there are any superstars. Quote. Um, I'd go as far to say there aren't even any real stars. I haven't heard, uh, haven't seen Chrissy or Macker on the front cover of Hello or OK magazine. Well, I haven't actually seen the cover cover of either, but that's insane. Whatever, he's got them all. He's got them all. <laughs> he gets it weekly. Yeah. Uh, for people not participating in the sport, then these pros aren't known on the global scale. Possibly New Zealand is an exception, but here in the in the UK, nobody uh, has ever heard of Chrissy, um, Julie Dibbins, Tim Don, etc. Try typing in triathlon star into Google. I actually did that, Gary, and it came up with some triathlon club in Manchester oh nice <laughs> uh, for the sport to say what about triathlon a, superstar for the sport to say as a stay as a minority sport then we don't need stars for the sport to grow for true media interest for spectators for prize money for hype then we do need stars vegan well triathlon superstar brings up Jesse Wong and no Team BB Team BB well, they've got it right haven't they where are we? We should be on there as well. <laughs> okay, and this one, last one's from uh, RJ Kuhn. Uh, just look at the effect of the superstars of the 80s and 90s to have uh, they had on the sport. Tinley, Molina, Scott, Allen. Even today, these personalities shape our sport and make it desirable to be fit and go fast. I agree that I agree there are not the dominant personalities like those individuals right now in the sport, but I am positive there will be more of them like them to come along in the future. RJ, I should say. Bevan, what do you think? Well, I'm in two minds. I think that if a sport has a person who becomes totally dominant in that sport, that opens it up to the rest of the world of sport. So you look at most other sports, like golf was a big sport, but then when Tiger came along, because he was so dominating in that sport, that got the sport a whole lot more exposure. Joan Lomu for rugby. You know, when Joan Lomu came along for rugby, people who didn't know much about rugby knew of Joan Lomu, and that opened up their eyes. Lance for cycling. Like, cycling was a popular sport, mm. but the exposure Lance brought to cycling because he dominated the tour for so long... All Americans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and Americans, well, even Kiwis, you know, yeah. like, you know, before Lance came along, we were mountain bikers, weren't we? Yeah. You know, and then Lance came along, and road cycling's kind of came back in, and... Um, I think that what a superstar who dominates the sport for a period of time does bring in media that wouldn't necessarily look at that sport. So if we were to get like if Chrissy or or like if someone like Crowe, Chrissy's the only one that's going to be able to do that. Yeah, and, and if we can get someone like that who could dominate Ironman for seven or eight, and that's what Mark Allen really did, wasn't it? Mm. That he dominated the sport, and for some reason, general public is attracted to that high level superstar who's just above the rest. 
And I think they also need a good rival. So if you look at tennis, you've got Federer and Nadal. Federer beat uh, Nadal. Yeah, yeah, time. yeah. And, and so I think if you have that high-level superstar, that is good for the sport. And that will get people to look at the sport and be aware of the sport and maybe potentially bring people into the sport. And I think Lance is a really good example of that with cycling. If it's just your guy who's won two or three Konas, you know, and it's kind of there or thereabouts, for the general public, they're not going to care so much about that person. It really needs to be an absolute superstar to really get the exposure. So for me, I think that if we were to get someone like that, and Chrissy may be, be that person, but she probably needs a few more wins under her belt at Kona for her to get that exposure from mainstream media. But I think that, and also they need to have personality and they know how to, to market themselves. So, like if Mac had won Kona seven times, mm. I'm sure the exposure of the sport and Mac's profile would be a lot bigger. So I, I, I do think there is a point that having the big superstars is, is definitely good my, for the sport. My, my turn. Go. My turn. Go. How long have I got? Why? Have you got a, have no. you got a rant? No, I, think, um, I think it sort of divides into two, two segments. I think you've got your triathlon market and your non-triathlon market. I think in triathlons, it's, I think the stars are really important, and I think WTC are missing a beat when they don't really try to pump up the stars because I do think they're inspirational. Yep. Um, oh, man, they're inspirational. And I think what pe- a couple of people mentioned here, I think the fact that they are generally accessible. You know, you'd be walking down to the start line and you might be walking next to Cameron Brown or yep. something like that. So I think. And at the end of the race, they always go to the finish shoot yeah. later on in the day. And, and so I, th- I think they're accessible, and I think people can see that they are real people. They're just f- fast, real people. And I think. So within the sport, I I think stars are, are really, really important. I think um, outside of the sport, so if you look at your, your general public, you know, at the moment I think they often get a little bit more attracted to the the sob stories and the and the special interest stories that they, sob stories. Well, <laughs> you don't like them, do you? Oh, no, I don't have a problem. I think they're good. <laughs> you don't but like them. I think that they have more of a chance to bring people into the sport. But, but it's not a sob story. They, they're they're trying to create stories that people connect with. That, that makes them think that I can do it exactly and, that, yeah. and that's what I'm saying is I think <laughs> those are, careful oh God, we're going to get a few emails now. John doesn't respect those people whatever. I love so, them they're my favourites um, I don't even care about pros so I, I think that's important and I think in, you know, some people have said to me that in, in New Zealand uh you know, when someone like Hamish Carter wins a gold medal, that actually maybe puts some people off the sport because they think it is really elitist and they don't think it can be a participation sport. So I think it's a... Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, the, oh, the, the, they do. I think for kids and for for really active people, that might inspire them. But for your, um, Joe Public, who's never done any sport, and uh, I think that maybe turned people Well, Joe off. Public needs need faces they know. Like, if you, like, you go to a, a magazine shop... If you've got Tiger Woods on the cover of a golf magazine, people are going to grab it. If you've got anybody else, people don't associate with that person. And so that's where Hamish Carter is good for our sport in New Zealand is that he's a face that's known in every house. And so if he's on a magazine, people will associate with triathlon. I don't know if that's necessarily going to bring him to the sport. But yeah. I, I don't know, but I think we have a slightly clouded view because New Zealand is an exception. All our, you know, our top athletes down here are very, very well known. You know, yeah. if, if you're even not, not top, like even someone like Andrea, who's not quite top level. Yeah, you know, she's definitely in household names. The weekend she? there was a half-page article on Gina Ferguson in our yeah. regional newspaper. So and she was on One News again. Yeah, so yeah. They, they are well known. So and she had an amazing interview too. She did. We'll talk yeah. about that later. <laughs> so my response to it is, um, yes, I do think stars are important, and I think. Um, all, all uh, you know, race organisers and media should be utilising them more and trying to make them bigger stars. And uh, and I think everybody will sort of reap the benefits from that. Well, I think the point that um, uh, Jay brought up about the eighties, you know, that's probably when the triathlon had its biggest media exposure. Mm. You know, when Alan and you know the top four, when they were at the the big names, you know, Alan was a well-known athlete, wasn't he, around the world? All you need, all you need, is one massive big. 
kick-ass sponsor to come along and say, righto, I'm going to take the sport and get massive leverage off it, yep. and they'll just make the stars. You yep. know? And that's what happened in the 80s because they, they had sort of the Bud Light series. It was all televised and stuff yep. in the States. Um, it was big business. Yeah. Okay, so... Good topic. Good topic. Okay, this week's topic. We're, we're working a little bit ahead of ourselves here, um, but we've got Kona. It's not till October, but we're going to have to do some serious preparation to make sure we get the, pe- the right people on the show. Now, we're going to make every attempt we can to get the big hitters on the show, whether they come along to the party yeah, or it's not. Gonna be hard. It'll be hard to know, but we're going to try our best. We're going to try our best, but we're going to have to be really, really well organised. We'll be pulling all our strings, aren't we? Yeah. But what we'd like to know from you guys is who you'd like us to interview. Don't go on there and say Chrissy, Crowey, Macca, because we're going to try those guys anyway. But perhaps some other interesting people, other interesting pros that we perhaps might not think of first firsthand. Or anybody sort of in the industry that you know is going to be over there, um, well, give us some suggestions. Yeah, if you've got some inside, kind of, you know, one of your mates or they train at your club, that'd be really great. Okay, that's our news and discussion for this week. What did Ali have next? She's got books. Let's go into books. books. I like books, let's do it. Product Review Center. It's a little bit of a different one, isn't it, Jombo? Books because Ali's kind of changing the show a little bit here, but she's kind of sent us through a few books that she thinks are pretty good, and I might chuck on a few of them myself. Good. No, I think it's fantastic because I'm always um, after sort of <clears throat> good autobi- autobiographies, sporting autobiographies. So, um, yeah, I like the sound of I've read a couple of these, so um, I can endorse them as well. Well, Dean, how do you say the last name? Carnazes. I'm actually saying it's right there. Good. The Ultra Marathon Man, I'm reading it. Is it the first one or the second the one? The first one. I, I don't read that. I think the second one's easy. <laughs> no. Um, I think the thing, one thing I like, uh, he, it's a nice, It's he's a good writer, isn't he? Yep. He tells a good story. Easy read. Yeah, 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 it is an easy read. I'm enjoying it. Okay. Steve Gurney's book. Have you read Lucky that? Lucky Legs. I've read it. I would highly recommend this book. Okay, so for those who don't know who Steve Gurney is, he's we have the event we often talk about in M's one a few times called the Coast to Coast, and it's the biggest multi-sport event in New Zealand. They go from the coast of the South, west coast of the South Island to the east coast of the South Island in one day. And Steve Steve Gurney is kind of like the Michael Schumacher of that event. He's won nine, it nine, nine times. times. Yeah, and uh, for a long time kind of dominated the sport and you wouldn't look at him and think he's an athlete to look no. at, but just a, a very clever man, isn't he? And it's got lots of different angles because he was a, <clears throat> a good um, professional as well. You know, he yeah, he got it. A, you know, he he met, he was a real businessman. Well, I remember um, when I, Nike used to sponsor me just as an individual more, and they were saying Gurney's, you know, Gurney would send you emails all the time. They always knew what he was doing. He was just so professional. And he had his fair shares of ups and downs with some fairly serious life-threatening diseases. Yeah, that's right. So um, it's a good read. And he also has depression as well, didn't he? Did he talk about that in the book? It definitely does. So I think it's got a lot of learning points in there, and he actually goes through those, which are related a bit to multi-sporters, but certainly transferable across the triathletes. So I don't know if you can get it on Amazon, but if you look for Steve Gurney, Lucky Legs, solid read. Okay, um, Barbara Kendall, who's New Zealand's top windsurfer, one of the world's top windsurfers, she's won a couple of Olympic golds, hasn't she? She's won a gold, a silver, and a bronze. Okay, so she's got the whole, you know, the whole podium in her bedroom. Yeah. And uh, she's got an audio autobiography called Wind Driven, and it's written by her sister, and I don't know much about that one, but obviously it's great. She said uh, Gordo's updated book going long. Have you seen the updated version? I haven't. I think it's got a, a few changes in it. See, he sold 50,000 copies of the first one. Yeah, he sold a lot. That's not bad yeah. for a triathlon book. That's yeah. great. It's obviously a pretty good book. Lorraine Moller's uh, On the Wing of Mercy. Now, Lorraine Moller. Top uh, marathoner, finished third in the marathon at the Barcelona Olympics yep. for New Zealand. And uh, raced a lot in the States as well. So prob- one of New Zealand's greatest ever female um, runners. Okay, uh, Sonia uh, O'Sullivan, great Irish long-distance runner, has a good autobiography out there too. Good. What, what other books do you, you, do you like? 
I'm about to read the one that you gave me, that John McLean um, one, which is the guy who's done Conan. Oh, that's on, pornos. Yeah, oh, is it? Okay. Porno, oh, I gave it to John. <laughs> I'm, I'm reading that when I go over to Poland. Uh, you like autobiographies, eh? I do like autobiographies. Yeah, so if anybody's else... You've also got, got my John Grisham book. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah. That, you, 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 you set me up for that one. You, no, I didn't. I said it wasn't that good. No, you, you said, oh, I won't tell you about it now. I'll tell you about it later. <laughs> no, this is going to be a stink book. And I tried and I tried and I got about a quarter of way and I said, I can't read it's it. It's a disappointing ending too. This is the latest one. I got it on sale when I was in some overseas yeah. somewhere. All, of the, all those other ones are fantastic. That one was a real letdown. Yeah. Well, I like I, you know I get a lot of motivation from business books and I, and and I, anything by Malcolm Gladwell I love. If you've read his stuff, Outliers is his latest book, and I and I, you, I honestly, if you're going to buy a book, Outliers is probably the greatest book at the moment. But I'm reading a book called Good to Great, and uh, it's a fascinating book. Um, New Zealand book or not? No, no, no. It's an American one, and this guy spent five years studying, and they basically assessed all the businesses on the in the basically the stock exchange, and they found eleven businesses that had outperformed the market by about five times and there was only 11 businesses that had performed it by five times and, and the basic concept of the book is why is it that some and they had to perform it for over a 15 year period and um, the, the basic concept of the book is why is it that some businesses just stay good and why is it some go great and you know of all the businesses they researched they could only find 11 businesses that lasted over a 15 year period and and the basic concept of the book and I really love it is that the enemy of great is good because people get good at something and they no longer try to become great mm-hmm. and uh, and I, I'm really inspired by this book and it's really kind of shifting my thinking at the moment so that's probably the book I'd highly recommend at the moment Good to Great it's by a guy called Jim Collins I think so go on Amazon and it's a uh, Cool. And if you're going to go on Amazon, go on our website, www.imtalk.me, and go through our little store page here, and we get a little bit of commission, which is really good. One, two, three, four, high five. Thomas has discovered high five. Really? We should get him to do a high five. Shit. Really? Yeah. Does he like high five? He did this morning. I had to come around for the interview. Belinda was still um, downstairs feeding Felicity, and like, I thought, right, I'll just turn TV. the TV on, yep. see, if babysitter. Can, see if I can babysit him for 20 minutes. And he just stood there and didn't move. I said, Thomas, I'm going. Mum's downstairs. <laughs> didn't even... I stood in front of him. He didn't even... He should just moved his head around and he just stared at TV. TV is a dangerous thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You've got a limited eh? You, you know, it's not a bad thing in, in, in moderation, but... Okay, holla! Me again. Here I go. This is obviously another one. High five to cope with race morning nerves. For Taupo and said this. So she obviously wrote this before she did Taupo. Here we go, John. She's sure. given us seven of them. She Great. wrote down a, a list of things on Friday evening to make sure she did on Saturday morning. Number one, straightforward, body marking and hand and special needs. Now these are things, just write them down and it's going to eliminate your stress to think about what the hell have I got to do in the morning. Get it all written down on paper, which is exactly what Ali's Great. doing. Number two, uh, put bottles on bike, check tyres, tape watch on bike, put gloves on the sunnies. And bikes on Sunday. Um, wait, wait, no, wait a second. Do you wear a watch under your wetsuit? Yes. Oh, wait, so she mustn't do that. She must tape her watch onto a bike. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah fair enough. Number number three, grease up and put on wetsuit in the lake. Okay. My brain was operating on 5% on race morning, so I did remember the list, but it was too dark to read it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> but it did not even bother looking at it, and I forgot my special needs hand, and basically forgot the gloves and watch on my bike. was already in the lake and had to go back and basically was disorganised. So she makes sure you keep to this right, list. Uh, and maybe yeah. take a little headlamp or a torch. Yeah, nice. Uh, num- number four, write, a li- write that list the night before. Great. Uh, number th- number five, she's kind of throwing me off numbers here. Take a head torch to read and oh, check the yeah. list. That's yeah. what she's saying here. Yep. 
Double check. You've done everything on the list. Great. Number, uh, what would this be? This would be four seven. seven. Give yourself quiet time for the race. Get your mind working. That's personal preference. Yes. Some people like yeah, that, some people don't. I like don't. to talk. I don't. Uh, number, number, I must drive you crazy before eight. race. You do, that's why I avoid you. <laughs> Give yourself plenty of extra time to make sure you're not rushed. Good. Number nine, take a spare set of goggles in the pre-race bag in case the straps snap with 10 minutes to go. Try and training a bit of that deep heat on your lower back and neck to help the backache on the bike. Probably worn off by the time you get on the bike, but worth a try. Remember, lots of Vaseline in appropriate places and sunscreen. Totally agree with that one. How often do you see people faffing around at the start line? Broken my goggles, broken my goggles. People are running around. Has anybody got any spare goggles? Anybody got any spare goggles? Have you ever, I forgot my goggles once. That's, yeah, that's pretty silly. I forgot my shoes once too. Didn't have a list, did you? No, I never have a list. No, but the good thing is it always works out. Mm. Sure, someone else has to stress about it. Mm. Slam I am would know about that, but, yeah. you know... Passing the buck, eh? No yep. personal responsibility in no, this world. No, not at all. Uh, num- the final one, number it should be nine. nine. No, ten. ten. Know what time your race starts. Apparently Richard Usher turned up late for the pro start, which cannot have helped trying to get on a pair of feet. Oh, really? Because the pro start this year at Taupo was 15 minutes earlier. In the past, it's only been, you've had a 100 metre head start. But they would have started at start. seven still. Or did they start at no, 645? Pro start at 6.45. Oh, really? Throw him. And he was late, was he? I think he made it into the water, but I think apparently it sounds like he was killing it. Got there, there got in, well, boom, you're away. Oh, maybe that's why he never great swim. Pressure. Yeah. We're trying to depressurize ourselves on race morning, writing a list. Yeah, and, good point. and it's, this is a really good point. You know, like you want as little stress as possible because it is going to be a full on time and things like this. You know, you're not thinking, oh my God, where are my goggles? Where are my goggles? And creating stress for those around that's you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> anything else? Do you want to add anything to this one, John? No, that's it. Okay, here we go. Let's put on a website of the week. Website of the week. It's just amazing how we know to do that together without even like cueing each other. Incredible. It's a beautiful thing, mate. Honestly, years of experience. That's why. Musicians. Righty ho. Uh, website of the week this week is www.kenelly.co.nz. Set up by Ken and Ellie. Ken, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Ken uh, McLaren. So it's k-i-n-e-l-i.co.nz. Uh, it's a New Zealand-based company that, uh, well, Ken's actually um, from the UK, but they basically ship their books anywhere in the world, and they, he's actually designed the books in a way that they're quite cheap to, to post. So What do you mean? Well, you know, if you're, big bulky books, if you buy things from Amazon no, and stuff, they, yeah. do, they do sting you a bit in terms of um, That's the one thing shipping. that sucks about Amazon being in New Zealand, eh? Yeah. Great service, pretty cheap, but then they nail you with the nailing. But what, with the shipping. what they've done with, um, with Ken's done with most of his guides is he's made them nice and small, so they can actually be posted so shipping is not really too much of an issue whatsoever right. it's got online shopping there um, payments powered by Worldpay so you can go on there and uh, it can just be in whatever currency so I know he does ship a lot to the UK good books yeah it's ba- what it is it's basically um, fitness sort of guide books in terms of heart rate training um, it's got heart rate stuff for, for biking some basic uh, some diaries in there you can actually get some customised diaries so you can say if you want to do uh, you know, this is if you're not doing online stuff you can put your own cover on it. So I, at one stage, I got about 20 or 30 um, diaries done. Oh, from, from these guys? Yeah, and you can put your own customised logo and stuff on the cover, and then it's basically a 50 week, 52-week training log. Um, he's got the some heart rate guidelines up there, little training things for your first triathlon, first bike race, so, so quite a variety. And not just stuff they've produced themselves. They've also got other, like Dr. Donna Hellman's uh, training intensity guide handbook. I also sell that. Yep. Okay, well... We've, well. 
you can get it from John or them. <laughs> Training diaries, walking. Um, uh, you also sell striding on, but I also sell striding on as well. Uh, <laughs> so, so you want a website as well now, do you? I've got my own website. Okay. So yeah, get on there if you want um, some little guides. Probably make good little presents for people who are maybe just starting to get into the sport. You know, the beginner's runner guide. Um, and they're not they're in fairly plain English terms yeah and that's really what you want you want you know if you're new to the sport you don't want bloody high tech stuff you want stuff that's pretty basic so check out the website it's what was the website again keneally.co.nz k-i-n-e-l-i.co.nz and we'll chuck a link to that on I'm talked of me alrighty our coach she's done a coach's corner for you is no yours? no this is my coach's okay, corner here we go Coach's Corner. That was me on the piano. It was. Yeah. It was a beautiful piece. How is, the, how is the album going? It's going pretty good. Actually, I've been practicing really hard. I've got to play a song at my sister's wedding, you see. So I've been oh, working yeah. really hard on that. And it's a bit above my ability, to be honest. I've been practicing. I probably, honestly, probably spent 30 hours practicing the song already. So, And I'll probably be another 30 before I'm real sharp. But anyway, that's what you do. I kind of, this week, it's really just an extension of questions and answers, which we're going to come on to in a moment, because I just wanted to make sure that you didn't give me any grief about not having Coach's Corner in here. So it's basically just a question I'm going to answer. I'm Richard Boardman, and he's saying, Bevan, who asks me, but you're the coach. Yeah. So question for the show. I want to race Ironman. I have an absolute max of 10 hours per week. How could you approach this? Mm, this is interesting. Thought I might be interested one to cover if you haven't already done it before. So really what I'm going to base this off is uh, assuming that you know, you're in your maybe your 16-week build-up. So main suggestion would be listen to the series I've done on um, yep, building up your first yep. Ironman. Um, and you just have to tweak that a little bit. And I'd basically suggest that you have a, um, a two-week cycle that you more or less repeat. The first week, um, you do a couple of swims around about 45 minutes long. You do a bike, which is about an hour and a half long, and then you have your long ride, which is the key session of the week, and that would be anywhere from, say, four to six hours. Running-wise, a 45-minute run and an hour and a half run, and a couple of core sessions. Bevan's going to do his maths. I'm doing my maths, John, just to see what it all adds up to. So you've got 45 plus 45, okay? Yeah. And then 1.5, so there'd be, no, there'd be 90. Plus, plus four, which is 240. 240 plus... 45. 45. Plus 90. Plus 90. Plus, well, your cause, whatever. 30. You did it. You did it. I did it. Yeah. So you basically did about 585 and, and hours. So uh, I did have in there core, two core sessions of 15 minutes, and I think that's pretty critical as well. Okay. The second week, um, and I can tell Bevan now before he does the maths, oh. uh, or you can do it if you want. Uh, it also adds up to around about 10 hours. Okay. You cut your swimming down to, to well, you're, you're a coach, one, aren't you? one swim of one hour, so a, a slightly longer swim. You do a bike for an hour and a half. You do a run for an hour, and the key session for the week would be a swim bike run. So swim about 30 minutes, bike about three hours, maybe a little bit longer, and run 90 minutes off the bike, and then you'd have your two core 15-minute sessions. So basically it's, it's more or less doing two sessions of each per week, and then one week your focus is doing on a long ride, and the second week the focus is on doing a long brick with a good run off the bike. So, so you're not going to do any long running in this program? Uh, 
yeah, I mean, you're going to have to throw in a, a few long runs. So this would be your basic setup, but you're still getting an hour and a half in there most weeks. Um, but I would say that you're probably better off focusing more efforts on your making sure you're fit enough to do the bike and then planning on walking long portions of the run. Yeah, I think the thing is if you're going to be have 10 hours to do an Ironman or 10 hours training to do an Ironman, you've really got to be realistic in what you're going to achieve on the day mm. and that, you know, you're not going to be pulling out a sub nine or you're not going to be, you know, you're probably going to be doing 13, 14, maybe even longer Ironman. And I suppose it depends on your ability, but it's probably not going to be your best race that you're ever going to have in your lifetime but yeah. if you still want to achieve the race and 10 hours is all you've got this is a way you could probably do it in terms of intensity wise um, you know, if you're doing two sessions of each per week uh, two swims, two bikes, two runs one of them should be um, basically a sort of steady aerobic session and the other one should be include some intervals but main theme is should, alternating weeks long ride one week long break next week because you're doing a, a less volume of training should you try pick up the, the intensity overall? Uh, in one of those sessions, I think you know you definitely need to have some intensity in there. But in the other one, you need to be doing steady aerobic conditioning. But okay. this is going to be such a varied question. It's going to be a case by case sort of thing. If you're a machine swimmer, yeah. um, you can probably cut your swimming down a little bit. If you've got a cycling background, then you can probably do a bit more running. This yeah. is just a general guide, but I would say go. At back. the end of the day, it is possible, isn't it? It is possible. There's lots of people that do ten. I would say that you know you're absolutely fine doing ten hours a week most weeks but I think there's going to be maybe every four, third or fourth week you're going to need to do a little bit more okay well so let's let's look at an overall then and so let's say for the general person doing an Ironman how much time would they really need to commit a week to doing an Ironman for 16 weeks I think you need to be up around about 12 I think 10 you just get away with it but I think if you can get up to but ideally like do you want 15 or like I mean like not 12 to, get 12, by, 12 to 15 okay. is, is adequate for most working age group athletes yep. if you're getting above 15 you're going to have, have some other sacrifices in your lifestyle. Yep, great. Okay, nice. Questions and answers. This one's from Joel Lennox. He's saying, long time, no type. See, to go to the next level. Love your work, Joel. Still loving the show, though. And all your great work. Hey, quick question for Coach John Newsom. We just got Coach Newsom, but I put John there. Okay. I uh, wanted to get this thought on a turn of two seasons. One year focusing on short course sprint distance to build speed and the following year doing Ironman and endurance, perhaps going back and forth like that, trying to keep reap the benefits of both and keeping things mixed up. Um, my responsibility to this would be it kind of depends where you're at with your career. If you're yep. fairly early on, <clears throat> most people's limiter is going to be their endurance. So I'd probably suggest that maybe doing two years Ironman focus where you're focusing more on endurance and then one year doing short course stuff where you're starting to pick up a bit of speed, but still probably doing some half Ironmans in there. Uh, so that's generally what I'd say. I definitely agree that spicing it up every couple of years with some short course stuff is going to help your, your iron distance racing, and it's going to help keep you mentally a, bit, a little bit more interested. So my suggestion would probably be two seasons of, of long stuff, one season of short, and maybe rotating that would be the optimal. You know, you've also got about working on your weaker... Yeah, and then in the off-season, though, that, 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 that's when I'm sort of talking in-season, um, in your summer months, um, I generally suggest working on the weaker of your biking or your running over the, the winter months um, and try and definitely putting some speed work in there. But over your summer, a couple of seasons of endurance, one season of more speed-related stuff. He's from outside Seattle. Just one thing, if we are thinking about long-term, like, do you want to think about what sport you want to be better at? So, like, if you ultimately want to be a great Ironman, would you just be best to be focusing on Ironman it's you know like the year to year thing is it is overall it's probably not the best approach is it? No, and that, uh, that's what I say. Like two two years on, one year short course. But yeah. I think I definitely think doing sprints and Olympics is going to help your Ironman performance, especially once you 
maybe start to plateau a little bit. You know, when you're early in the sport, you're going to see that improvement um, on a nice sort of linear yeah. or, or even an exponential line. You go up pretty quickly. When you start plateauing a little bit, that's when you've got to start thinking, right, I've got to take it to the next level. It's not quite as easy. Doing some short course stuff might well be the answer. You, you see it a lot when people, you know, they maybe start at, a, at say, 14 hours and they get down to 11 hours relatively quickly. And then from 11 hours to 10 is quite challenging. That's when you've got to start making some changes. I um, it's, it's interesting now that I'm not really doing Ironman and that I'm doing running and I'm doing a lot of faster running than whatever I did with Ironman. You do have that thing that if I were to go back now, you'd be a better athlete. You know, yeah, yeah, it's, so. yeah <clears throat> it's an interesting thing. Okay, David Yowland, and he sent through an email. Just a quick question. Most of my training happens at between 5 a.m. and 7 a.m. in the morning. I've heard that these early time starts might mean that my heart rate is depressed up to 10 beats per minute. Is this true? If it is so, what should it mean for my training, bearing in mind that I work in different heart rate zones? I am thinking to starting to train with a power meter, should I expect to get less watts out of it if I keep training in the morning? Will this hold me back? I think what you're probably going to find is rather than your heart rate being depressed in the, or suppressed in the morning, it's actually probably going to be elevated in the evening, so it's kind of yeah. uh, however you want to term it. Basically because as you go through the day, you know your fatigue starts yep, to kick yep. in, um, you may be a bit dehydrated, so it'll probably go up whereas in the morning normally you're going to be a little bit fresher um, and it is just going to take a little while to get going so I think um, we, we often say this just use heart rate as one of your tools you need to make sure that you use other tools such as uh, as pace and your perceived effort so you know we had a coaching course at the weekend and and we really said to people steady um, you should be able to have a conversation moderately hard is uh, is you can still have a conversation, but broken conversation. Hard, you can't have a conversation. Very yep. hard, you certainly can't have a conversation. So if you're running along and your heart rate is maybe a little bit suppressed, but you're puffing and panting, yep. you know, you're probably going to be getting into that moderately hard-to-hard hard zone. So use a number of your tools rather than just relying on heart rate. Perceived exertion, eh? you've got to find different ways of measuring it. Yeah. Eh? Mm. And heart rate is going to change a little bit over time as well. Um, so just use it as a tool. The other thing I'd, I'd suggest is if you're going to be doing this morning training from 5 to 7, um, try to get into a routine and a really regular pattern so you get up at the same time every morning. It's, it's what I do and I find helps a lot. So I get up 5.20 every morning of the week uh, and I go to bed at a fairly similar time. I think the worst thing you can be doing... I, oh, well, it's going to be smart. Okay. <laughs> and the uh, worst thing you can be doing is, go, is, is your sleeping patterns. So, so try to keep that consistent. Um, you asked a question there about power. Uh, power shouldn't really fluctuate like heart rate should. It should stay fairly consistent. What you're probably going to find, though, is when you first start a workout first thing in the morning, because you've gone from bed to getting up and, and training, um, it's just going to be a, a little case of taking yeah. a little while to warm up. Yeah. best thing you can do there is do a couple of little accelerations if you're um, on the bike or a few strides when you're on the running get the legs turning over a bit more and then you should be able to settle into things. And you're actually saying, in your opinion, morning training is the best for performance and overall balance of life. I think so. It, it doesn't doesn't sit, o- sit over you all day. You know, if you're sitting at work going, oh, I've got to go do this long session in the afternoon, my opinion is, is try to get as much nailed in the morning as you can and then uh, you don't have it hanging over you all day. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think... Um, when I used to be kind of working as, as a member of a gym at least when I used to train in the morning it was really great although nowadays I don't have to be so right, right. <laughs> um, nickname oh. nicknames to be honest John I'm going to give you a bit of crap here this is <clears throat> this is quality well so he's come up with some nicknames this week we've got four to give away and uh and if you're not happy, I'm wanting for you to actually write in and say you're not happy with it, and I, and I might put a better effort in. Okay. Because some of them are okay, some of them are a bit weak. Right. Okay, so first one, Frank Lee. Now, Frank Lee came up with I'm Russ, I'm Men Don't. Yep. 
And, and, and we're calling him the Texas Ranger. Because he's from Texas. And, and yeah, I'm pretty happy with that. Pretty happy with that. Next yeah. one is gold. <laughs> this one's weak. So, we have somebody who's a regular contributor to the show. Had a show name after him? Only, is... How many people are there now? Him, Glenn, Holy Hammer, and Ali. Yeah. And, and a chance won't be far away, I don't think. Okay. Okay. Uh, his name is Thomas Peoples. Yep. His middle name is John. So he's got two. <laughs> this is he's got two know. quality names there. I named my son Thomas because it's quality name. His first middle name is John. Quality. So why not throw in another middle name which is quality Newsom? Thomas John Newsom Peoples. No. You're loving I, it, Thomas. I guarantee next week. I guarantee next week we're going to have a new nickname for him. Thomas, if you want me to do a new one for you, I feel free. Even just puts them into a bloody website. He doesn't put any thought into it. I've no, but you have to admit the ones the website comes up are pretty cool. I will do better than that. Okay. Because I can see the humour, John. Mm. I know you thought you were pretty bloody funny as you wrote it down. I'm there chuckling away to myself. <laughs> okay, Jeb, Deb and Jeff Smith, Team Powerfit. No, they've got Team Powerfit podcast, so that's why it's oh, that. Oh, yeah. okay. Well, we're so okay, and then now that's the Australian guy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yep. So we want to check out his podcast and see what a website. So just type in Team Powerfit should come up. You know, Team Powerfit, Jeff, and and it's quite a good thing because it's the team as well, mm. husband and wife team. That's right. Beautiful. I don't know if they both do the podcast or not. No, I've listened to it, Jeff mainly. Yeah. Good guy. Good. good, good Aussie guy. You know, he sounds like an Aussie guy. Good. Talking about local try stuff. It's good. It's especially in Australia, you want to hear about local stuff. He's the man. Listen slapping to slapping some shrimps on the bar. Now, again, not too impressed with this one. <laughs> Gary. Gary Fegan. Mr. Consistency. Yeah. He is consistent. Oh, I'll give you that much. But you know, you're going out to a party. You're trying to pick up a chick. Go. Oh, what's your name, Mr. Mr. Consistency? Put, put that over your forehead. Go to a party. You get the checks. I guarantee it, Gary. I think you're married, but just just try it. Get, get, <laughs> just try. It. Just rub the ego a little bit. Don't go. Don't just pull back. Pull back, but just just try it. Just just to see. Just for it's an experiment for him talk. That's right. We're not encouraging this behaviour, but we're but your, we are. We're your full skin suits as well. So, Fegan, if you want a new one, let me give it a go as well. But it's not to do the work. It's not going to be Feganator. That's pretty good, actually. No, you it's should, not. Really? No, we've got we've got the albinator. We've got. No, I, I, I understand where you're going with this with the Mr. Consistency because you're saying he contributes to the show, he's always there. He's like the kid who turns up and opens the door in the morning. He's great, and we love that about Fegan. But it's just not a great nickname. <laughs> you do better. Okay, I'm going to. Okay, sponsors. Oh, no, before we actually go to that, if you want to help us get to Kona, and we've actually got to Kona now, we've just got nowhere to stay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the worst thing is, the longer we leave it, the more it's going to cost us, isn't it? That's right. So... If you can help, please, <laughs> if you can help us get to Kona and you're thinking about donating to the show, that'd be really great. We've had uh, quite a few people donate already and we really appreciate what you guys are doing for us. Um, donate to the show, you go to the website, there's a link on it, on the PayPal. PayPal, you're oh, I still do it. <laughs> I've done it for like 10 years. Oh, okay, I'll talk about this soon. Um, and then you go in a draw to win lots of prizes close to the race. Plus we give you your own I Am Talk nickname and... Some of them were great. <laughs> a lot of them were great. The ones I come up with are great. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, and we, we'll have somewhere to sleep. We could sleep on the beach, but... We could. Because that could be an adventure. Mm. Wouldn't be safe for our bikes and stuff, but... No, not my special new Avanti yeah. bike. Avanti oh. Team Chrono. What's that, John? Ass. What is it? Avanti do- oh. Avantibikes.com. Okay, sponsors. Athlinks.com. Well, it's kind of a double sponsor here, isn't it? It's a double whammy. It's a we, double always, whammy. we always deliver. Okay. And, and so do our sponsors. So if you go into Athlinks... You go on there, 
you've got to you know, obviously got to sign up for it. We talked about this last week. Make sure I think you. We have a few people signing up for it because few am people are coming into our group. Nice, we like that. Yeah. So you go on there, just claim claim a few of your results. Ideally, over time, make sure you claim all your results. And when you do that, just classify whether it's an A, B, or C race. You can do a little mini race report there. Tick which sort of gear you're using, and then that's helping the guys at Athlinks. And by doing that, there's going to be prize draws, and you guys are going to be in the money. And the prize draws are done by, from product from trybuys.com. And if you go to Athlinks, she's up to 65,000 now. Nice. Great. There's a code for you to use on trybuys, and we're not going to tell you because you have to go to Athlinks to get it. That's right. But it's a good code. And it gives you 20% off. 20% off, no brainer. So get on there. I've been keeping my results up to date. I wonder if they've got my most recent. You say. Yes, they have. I haven't actually claimed that one yet. Which one's this? They got that up pretty quick. I only put that in a couple of days ago. The 2009 Lionel Fox Relays. Nice. You click on that. And we'll, I, don't okay. th- I don't think I had a particularly impressive uh, result there. Let's have a look. It's been Axel smoked us. Uh, yeah, results? Click on that. Okay. So this is a good example. It was actually a, a, a relay, 5K relay, but the results were, they had individual results as well per, per lap. And so then we... Um, Axel came in third. Oh, second equal. Second equal. But third. Nice. I came in 11th. Oh, what happened, John? 11th equal, but they gave me 11th and they gave the other guy 12th. I like it. That's Marty Luke's. I thought you'd get faster than that. It's off-road. It's not not accurate. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My time was 17.26 for 5K, and I can tell you I'm going quicker than that. Oh, you're close to Brett Tingy, and he's pretty quick. Eight eight seconds behind him. I'm thinking he had a bad day, because he's a sub-30. Yeah, well... He's just feeling the pressure a little bit. I think he's injured. He's a bit like glass. Yeah. Some people like that, eh? Glass, eh? Mm. It's break all the time. Okay. But yeah. then, if you're on Athlinks, this is what we can do. We can say, we're all into loop. Because then you go to Athlinks and go, oh, you know what? You get try buys. Click on the link. It takes you right through to try buys. Bum, 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 bum. And you can see the specials. One of the things I got an email through, I think it was this morning, actually, and they've got up on the site is some um, specials. So if you... I'm not, already on, I'm not already on the mailing list. Make sure you do get on there, and then you get updated with whatever specials they got. They did some really cool things where they've got like a bit of a swim set, so you can get like a special on getting it's like a pool boy, some paddles, some goggles, yep. a swim. It's kind bag, of all in one package. All in one package. Great for the new swimmer. Great for like if you're new to Ironman and you just want to get that whole package. Great. It was like thirty percent off or something crazy like that. No brainer. So they'd always have the sale items up there. They've also got some wind tunnel data analysis on drag and stability under their news and events. Right. So and I mean talk. I can say that because it says it here. It does. Yeah. And, they, and then what you do is you link back to our page. Oh, interesting. We're all just... We need to get Albert on here somehow. We do. Well, no, I told Albert... No, because then on our page, you can go to Albert's page. Oh, nice. Oh, it's a lovely world we live in. Coffees of Hawaii. We've talked about this last couple of weeks. I've got the Patagonia shirts... Coach KP, looking good. Um, you go on there, you click on uh, buy online, you click on apparel, you go through, you get your Patagonia shirts. That's one way that you can help us get to Kona because a small portion of that is going to be uh, coming our way and helping us get there. So, uh, And we got an email through from, who was it, um, yesterday? Rob Holt? Yeah. Is he a Kiwi, a Crush's yeah, boy? Uh, yeah, from Burnham. He's in the military. He's a military man. Oh, don't mess with Rob Holt then, do no, you? He's going to Kona, qualified. Yeah, well, he was saying he's ordered one. Nice, Rob. I like your style. I like your style. Because he wanted an IM Talk Jersey, but it's not ordering to season right now. Yeah. So he got one of those. Yeah. And he's going to be fashion. He's going to be fashion out there in the army. He's going to be strong. Is he single? 
No, and he's he's under oh, he's under man. a little bit of pressure. He says he's been listening. He's, he's only just discovered I am talk uh, oh. and Iron Man talk, and he's listening to all the back episodes. Nice. He's getting under a little bit of pressure from his wife, who's going to start stealing his iPod soon because she's all, enjoying all, it so all, much all, as well. All he does is he's just oh. listening to the podcast all the time. Well, that's a good use of time. It is a good. It's use efficient of time. use of time. Mm. It's it's amazing use of time. So you get on to coffees with wife for your for your t-shirts and of course uh, your coffee. Put yeah, it, yeah. you can get coffee. a coffee while you're there too. <laughs> That's the thing. If you're going to get a t-shirt, the shipping's going to be uh, you're going to be ship, shipping anyway. So um, chuck, try some coffee as well. Well, I'm actually going to make an order pretty soon because my dad's birthday's coming up. Dad loves his coffee, doesn't he? Yeah, Told us that. Loves his coffee. Coffeesofwire.com for all your coffee needs. Yeah, it's all good. How long are we going for today, Bevan? Well, we've got to, we've got to knock out now. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to we're going to get there. Yeah. Anything else we need to mention before we kind of talk some crap? No. No. <laughs> okay then So John what have you been up to? Weekend had a oh, you had to, well, you had a couple of big things You had to try on coaching yeah. seminar There's not a lot of family time over the weekend Tell me about so it So we uh, Myself and Brendan Downey Took a level one Presented a level one coaching course It's quite hard to Try to teach triathlon coaching In one and a half days Yeah I can imagine <laughs> Everything So it's, uh, it's, it's hard um, But I think they all got a, got a bit out of it It's one of those courses If you go along you know As long as you go with maybe Go away with yeah, a good handful of key things that yep. you've actually learnt, and and I find it even for me it reinforces quite a few things. And yeah, that's true. Eh? Like as a group fitness instructor, I train a lot of group fitness instructors, and I'm a much better instructor because I have to train other instructors because mm. it just reinforces all the principles behind what makes you successful in these roles. And yeah, I, I think in anything in life, if you have to teach other people how to do it, it makes you sharper. Interesting stat, and and uh, this is what Triathlon New Zealand for the use for a stat. They say there's 87,000 um, people actively doing triathlon in New Zealand, wow, that's which is big. and that's including all the kiddies races and maybe somebody who does a one-off triathlon. How do you do percentages? Uh, what percentage are you trying to work out? Four million people. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I can't remember. Yeah. I mean, I'm yeah. not sure what you're trying to do there, but yeah. Divide, divide, divided by 400, 400, 4 million times 100. Yeah, times 100. Oh, it's only 2% of the population. Still. It's not bad. It's not bad. Um, but anyway, there's 87,000 people who do, do, do a triathlon and there's... It'd be interesting to go across all countries and see what the percentages would be. Yeah. You know, like obviously, so it was 2.7, so we'll say 3, we're up, we're taking yeah. it up. But of that, and then there's currently 54 accredited active coaches. But there's oh. obviously there's more coaches out there. But these are guys, people who've got their level one accreditation yep. and actively coaching, and they're only coaching uh, about 700 and something people. So really? <laughs> 87,000. Um, there's a market out there. There's, there's a bit there's of a market. A, there's a market. <laughs> get so, on it. Yeah, get on it, coaches. <laughs> um, and what else? And then we had our awards dinner on Saturday, and that's so John Bow and I rocked up to the awards dinner. Yeah, we we had a bit of an eatathon, didn't we? We did. It was a good feed. I woke up Sunday morning and I was not hungry for breakfast. Yeah, I got home and because I, I wore this tight shirt. I got this tight shirt when I was in Auckland. I was tight pants and skinny jeans are in right now. Well, no, John, you've got to go with fashion. Okay. Yeah, you can't just keep the same fashion you're wearing in the 80s, John. I wonder why you're wearing you know, the speedos. I got these jeans. <laughs> these jeans are from, from Flagstaff, Arizona, nineteen. <laughs> 96 See That is quality And it's still going strong And it doesn't look like it I can tell you (laughs) (laughs) And so I have my skinny jeans And my skinny top on I ate too much It's a little bit concerned When we had to go up on stage And interview Gina Mm. It's pulling the shirt down You know And it's it's great to see That Gina's um, Improving I think improving her speaking Quite a bit With practice I thought she came across Quite well Yeah she's great Um, So that was a fun night That was good times You won a few awards Got my little 
sprint triathlon title. Which I thought you were fun. quite amusing. Because, yeah. well, you're going up to this girl. What was her name? She's pretty hot. What was her uh, name? Ah, Julia. Julia, Grant. she's pretty hot. She's, yeah. She's very hot. But anyway, Julia Grant was standing. They both got an award together, and she was a little bit taller than you, wasn't she? She was not taller. Maybe of the same height. I might say, mate. So John went on his tippy toes, and it was quite amusing. You're quite funny. For the cameraman. It was, it was very funny. It was good effort. So that was good. So that was a good night out. What else have you been doing? That's about it. You know what I did, John? What? My massage course. Oh, that's right. And it's riveting. It, well, I must say, it was value for money. $35, six hours, rubbed each other all day, learnt technique. Can't go wrong. Can't go wrong. Didn't, didn't go into the benefit size, but let's just leave it. Right. <laughs> I've already got on for the rest of this week. rest of this week. Don't think I've got too much on. I'm just trying to get on top of everything. Off to Poland in about 10 days' time. Oh, that's exciting time. Week Thursday. And Madrid. Looking forward to going to Madrid. My daughter turns 12 tomorrow. Okay. 12's a hard year to buy presents for. Why? Well, because when you're young, kids always like some kind of toy. Like she liked her brat dolls and she liked Barbie. My little pony. And my little pony crap. And, and, and then she was into Betty Boop for a while. And But when they're 12, toys are no longer appealing. Mm-hmm. And music, you know, that you know, like they get music from the internet and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Not that they steal it, but. Yeah. And um, so, you know, like it's hard to buy for them. She got a bike? Yeah, I bought her a good bike last year. Yeah. Cost me 500 bucks, broke my heart, but must be done. And so, yeah, so I'm thinking we're going to go shopping and she's going to choose. Is that okay. week? It's a, it's a little week. I did buy a couple token presents that come from me. Okay, that's, yeah. that's a little less week then. Can you remember being 12? 12, what's that, second, second last year of primary school? Yeah, I remember being 12. Yeah. Of course, start causing a bit of mischief. Think you're the, the bee's knees at yeah. primary school. Yeah. Think you're yeah. and you go yeah. to high You're school. top of the ladder. Yeah. You get back down to the bottom rung. That's right. <laughs> Thomas's second birthday's coming up and getting him a bike. Are you? Yeah. Nice. Harold, because Tyler was four when she learned to ride without trainer wheels. That's quite fun. Thomas is going to be advanced. <laughs> you're, just, you're not even giving him the trainer wheels, are you? No. <laughs> He's struggling with the whole concept of talking. He's not easy. He's a real yabba, 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 yeah. just yabbers the whole time. He's not stringing many words together yet compared yep. to other kids of similar sort of age. So is that a concern or is that just... It's not a concern because he's, he's athletic, athletically very advanced. <laughs> oh, so, about that. So, so he could never talk in his life, but if he wins a little bit cold... And I've now told him to say, go, 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 <laughs> So he's going to be an asset whenever I go to races. <laughs> well, it was fun when we had him at Challenge Wanaka because we had those banging things, didn't That's we? Right. Oh, I was having a whole lot of fun. Right, we've got an hour four out. Good work. I'm Russ. I'm Mendon. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha.